This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Hello and a warm welcome back to the Sky Blues Extra podcast brought to you by the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Brewery. Dean here in control of the Pussons this week alongside Dave Moore. Dave, how are we doing? Yeah, very well. All good. Good to see you and hopefully turning up from the start this week. I don't know if he's here. He might be, hopefully. Uh, is Ross Spence. Ross, come in. <laughs> I'm here. Hello. He's here from the start, from the off. You missed so much last week. Yeah, I know it was um, it was pretty hectic. There's a few uh, few technical errors, but bit bit rough. It was a bit rough to start with. Just, just You're telling just me, finding... I was up to about midnight editing it. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just finding my feet like the rest of the team at the minute, aren't I? That was a few, a few early early season TV <laughs> problems. I'm trying to just gel. Getting, just getting my match fitness ready, mate. That was all. <laughs> yeah, well, it's looking good to start off uh, proceedings this evening. So welcome along. Uh, let's go, Dave. First, first of all, thoughts on the week. It's a pretty quiet week, really, in Coventry City terms, wasn't it? Yeah, nothing really happened. Um, not much at all. Um, yeah, no, I think everyone's still been getting over Hamer, and a, a, a fixture was like what we needed, really, wasn't it? Like, a, I know we had one straight after, but it still still had the fallout, didn't we? Of of, of obviously in a, a great win, but yeah, this week pretty much not a lot going on, was there? Really, all quiet on all fronts. Um, everyone Probably hard at work. You... A few new songs trying to be made up on on Twitter. That's probably the highlight of the week, as usual. Yeah. Did you have a favourite? Uh, n- none of them. I hate everybody's everybody's songs. They just do my head in. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting to a point. It's very tedious now. I feel. 
Yeah. No, it's, I, I think, I don't know how they used to start. They just used to happen in a pub somewhere yeah, exactly. on a match day. Yeah, back of a fag packet or yeah, on, a, exactly. on a bar mat. <laughs> but one thing that I've got to say is there's a couple of like youngsters, obviously, that have, of their videos are shared and stuff. Isn't it great to see young kids actually singing Coventry City songs rather than walking, you know, around the city centre on a match day in Liverpool shirts? You know, glory, glory, Man United. Yeah, it's changed. Or Chelsea's one song. <laughs> so, no, it's it's great to see, you know, so many youngsters getting involved in the, in the Sky Blues. And... Ross, any uh, any songs written by you this week? Or, or any rumours, shall we say, from your, uh, your friend's dog who used to work at McDonald's who once served... Doug King, uh, no, mate. I, I try and uh, I try and stay out of the the song making thing. To be honest, I think it gets a bit hectic, doesn't it? The whole situation with that. I think fair play to um, Ben Wise's little lad. His lads come up with quite a few good songs, doesn't he? On Twitter, yeah. Shout out to um, shout out to his little lad. I remember when I I actually first met Ben at Middlesbrough away when we won in the semi final of the cup, and his little lad and his great little lad in person as well. You could just tell he's so passionate about the city. Like as soon as he comes out saying, "Did you enjoy it?" He was like, "Yeah, Jokeres was wicked today." Bloody blast! So it was. It, he's just the same as in person. It's not a front. You can see that he's a he's a true Scar Blue, which is from his dad. So shout out to him for some of the songs he shout makes. Shout out to the new email as well. <laughs> yeah, and the new email that just come through as well. But a yeah, trans- um, a bit of transfer news, breaking transfer yeah, news on was, the podcast. That was, that was, that was um, <laughs> just in Nan's time, 11th hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> King's Nan's cat dog coming through, that is. Um, but yeah, no, it's been quiet to be fair. I, I thought Robbins what, might make a few um post match comments, but he didn't really say much. I think he's just kind of keeping quiet on it now. But I, I maybe think there might be a bit more flying around this week, but we'll just have to wait and see. But I think it's coming to the point now where he doesn't want to rush them. We can see we've got a good call, it's just about adding those extra three or four bodies, really, that we need to get in but like he we all know with Robbins anyway he's not he'll push but he's not impatient when it comes to just right let's get him over the line for the sake of it he likes to be very certain like they'll have their four that they want and then obviously they'll have backups as well but I guess he'll be trying as hard as he can along with the chief executive etc and trying to get trying to get those over the line over the next couple of weeks before the window shuts are you concerned about how quiet that is Dave in regards to sort of incomings I mean, he said he wanted he wants another four. Are you confident in both? Like, we'll get that, and you know that's going to be enough. I'm not sure we'll get four more in, to be honest. Or if we do, there they might be some loans. Um, but that sort of market feels like it's probably it's you know expiring now. Really, you know, of what's going to be left. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. You don't want to rush these things. You just hope that they know who they wanted and they were waiting for funds to free up, and therefore now it's just getting, you know. The well, sorting out the fucking agents because that's the that's the main that's, main that thing is, that is the crux of everything, isn't it? Exactly. Um, yeah. So hopefully that's what it is. They had their targets. They were waiting for funds to become available. They were obviously confident. I think at the start of the season, at, during the summer, going back even at the end of last season, that Hamer could be moving on. More than likely, would be moving on. So I think. They've probably got their targets set. They just now need to to do the actual uh, get them over the line. So that's what I'm hoping. The um, wheeling and dealing, shall we exactly. say? Exactly. Yeah. Which has gone very Dalboy well. The Recent, you know, it's gone very well this summer. This is the best wheeling dealing we've done. And there's there is money available now. I I watched the uh, the NBC feed of the the Sheffield United game just to see how Hamer got on, and um, they reported 17 million pounds was the fee. So that's front, more than presumably not. That's more than what you know everybody speculated over here. So mm. um, 
the Americans don't tend to get that sort of, sort of stuff wrong from from past experience as well. So um, that's quite exciting. That's way more than what I thought we'd get um, for for Gus. So there's there's money to play with, Ross. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, at one point we've seen stuff like eight million, weren't we, and stuff like that. But it was, I think, it it, it does all come down to the fact of. Obviously, you, he had a year left, but so did Jokeres. But I think what helped us in this situation was is the team that bought him were kind of panic buying themselves because obviously I don't really think they'd have entered the market. I think they'd have gone for that boy Souza that they've got and then kept Sander Berger if they could have. Um, but obviously, because they lost him, it was almost like, right, who's available? And obviously, they've played against Hamer for a couple of years in the championship. Heckingbottom's not, not daft and he knows he's a sought-after player and he probably looked at it and thought, well, we've got promotion money we've got money that we've generated from Ndai from Berger we've got money they've got money as a club anyway so we may as well chuck 15 17 million whatever it may be and just ask what what Coventry wants and from what I've heard as well there is actually a salon clause in there isn't there as well which is another good thing that we've done is we've never had any salon clauses to play it's like Jokerez has got a release clause and I think we've got read 20 to 25 percent of that when he gets sold on so these little things all add up massively for our future because if Jokerez has a stormer of a season this year as an example and then gets gets his release clause um that someone obviously activates it in the summer straight away we get 25 percent of say 70 million euros or whatever it is so it's adding these extra little bits in that are clever business for us as a club even thinking into next summer as well as the current assets we've got that we can sell and hopefully will improve this year which will make us money in, in years to come as well so yeah it is it is true business i think it's a very important point you make there because ideally we want both of those players to to do really well this year i mean the the good thing is if Sheffield United get relegated and Gus has a good season, a solid season, then it's more likely he's going to get sold straight yeah, away in, next in summer. My, in my opinion, he's too, he's too good for that team. Anyway. Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the reason why I said it's a negative move is... for him. Yeah, his, 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 his of... goal is is evident. I mean, I was in the gym at the time on Friday and there was a guy... I don't believe doing... that. Oh, yeah. Shock. <laughs> no shock there. But I was in the gym and then he's, he's a Villa fan, actually, and he was doing cardio and obviously he was watching the game on his phone. And all of a sudden, I just heard, oh, Rossi's done it. And I just thought, please, no. And he went, hey, he, he, <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, please, please he's done his ACL or something. No, I'd never wish that on him. I'm not, I'm not that out of order. But yeah, he, he said, oh, he's whip one in top bins and I just thought when he said it I thought right it's not going to be as good as what he thought so he literally just controlled it just whipped it and I just thought thing is though how many times did he get in a position like that for us and it hit the bar or something would happen and it just never went in but first try for them it just whipped straight apart in from that Luton goal wasn't it that Luton yeah. went away that's kind of the only one I can really remember that that went in yeah we as fans now ducking will know robbins has already made it evidently obviously what he wants we need to spend that money and get four more players in before the end of the window and i think if we get that we'll be in a strong position because i just said our bench we had four good players on there but then we had brad stretton ryan howley and the two of the youngsters on there and it's just like, ugh, we we need to sort of deviate past that point now of where it's four more players that are just like boom right every single position is is covered and we can really make an impact on whatever he does and on the style of the game and etc. So yeah, we're in a good position. Yeah, well, we'll come on to that suspension. So sort of the the subsequent second half um, changing during the during, during the Swansea game. Um, it's time to find some new heroes now in this Coventry City side. So there's the less talking about Gus, the less talking about Vic, the better I would say for 
for our own sake as, as fans. So, so let's move on to this Swansea game. Two changes for the Sky Blues. Sims and Palmer were out of the... Well, Palmer being out of the matchday squad. Hadji Wright and Sakamoto into the team. Uh, Palmer was rumoured early to be injured, but it actually confirmed by Robbins that it was just a family issue. So that's good news because he started off the season brightly. I know you don't think so, Dave. <laughs> He's already got a wry smile on his face, but I think he started off the season pretty brightly. And to us, we can't really afford to lose attacking midfielders. You know, it was a huge hole last year, which we sort of played to our advantage in the end. But, you know, the way we want to play this season, we need those attacking mid midfielders rocking and rolling, shall we say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we spoke before the uh, Wimbledon game and you only have to make one comment online sometimes and in other people's heads, it gets turned into like a big, massive, you know, like I hate Casey Palmer. Of course, I don't hate Casey Palmer. Like, I want him to have the most amazing season imaginable, right? Because if he does, that we're going to, you know, as a club, have a, an amazing season. Was but that one I, of the I, most I really... replied to posts of yours on Twitter ever? <laughs> probably, because I'm not really on there that much, to be honest. Uh, probably for this reason. Um but no, he look, he's he's an amazing player. I just felt that he is he's probably the only player that's going to be able to make the difference for us in this early season until Callow Hare's back. You know, we haven't now got Hamer that can ping balls to get us sort of on the attack. We're going to have to run with it and you know uh, you know pop people through. And don't get me wrong, he gets some really great through balls. And I just feel that sometimes he makes the wrong decision. Look, every footballer does that. Um, I, I just felt at times he was more, you know, doing that more than 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 perhaps others. Um, but we need him back because clearly we didn't have the pace this week. Um, and that pace element's big. Sakamoto, brilliant, you know, brilliant feet, but he isn't the paciest of, of players. Um, and I think we probably missed... Palmer's physicality. Yeah, that, that power to get away from from the middle yeah. of the park, right? Yeah. Um, but I've been asking for Sakamoto to ever start in that 10 roll if there was a chance. Um, and, you know, clearly Wright was a very obvious choice as well, right? Robbins, is, he scored last, last week. Um, and, you know, Sims perhaps, you know, is still taking a bit of time to get, get up to speed. Um, and it made sense. And so I think they were pretty obvious once we found out about it wasn't an injury and it was, you know, um, a family you know issue that's meant that he's not been able to sort of be in the matchday squad. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious changes. And um, yeah, I think it's good for Wright to start getting some starts. Yeah, And some good early exchanges, Ross, from from both teams, shall we say. Um, had you right got a couple of great chances, didn't he, early on? You just want to see a bit more conviction, but I think that, that will come in time. He struck that ball beautifully, didn't he, across the face the goal as well. Yeah, I really like him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan. I think in, in terms of replacing the Yoker S, S type of player, he's probably the closest that we, we were going to get to the money that we have available um, in terms of everything. I mean, I've said it before, he's not, He's not as in terms of skillful as Jokeres with the ball at his feet in terms of when he stands someone up, but he's he looks faster than Jokeres, to be honest. He's very, very quick. Like that, that really took me by surprise in the Middlesbrough game and also this game. It was like, God, he is actually lightning. If we get the ball in behind to him, he is going to be a problem. For That's the defense. thing. The ball in behind, he's made some fantastic runs yeah, and nobody far. has picked him up so far. And it's yeah, very, it's, very frustrating. It is. And I, I think. 
the Sakamoto one, I've been saying the whole summer that I thought he was going to play the 10. And one of my mates was like, no, he's a wing back. He's He plays out wide. And obviously, he come on against Middlesbrough and did well. And he's played there a few times. But I was pleased to see Sakamoto the 10. I think with him, he is fast. I think it's just going to take him a bit of time to, one, get used to how we we play. Um, and two, obviously, as well, like the physicality is, is one of the main things. Out wide, he's going to get a lot more time on the ball than he is in the middle of the pitch. As we know, as a 10, you, you, you're even receiving the ball on the half turn or you're getting it and trying to find pockets of space and that's very different to just receiving a pass from say Palmer and then taking your man 1v1 it's a very different aspect of a role so I think wing back in terms of going forward he'll be fine but it's going to take him a few more games to find his feet in that position so I won't really judge him too much on that um, I've seen a lot of people in the in the week saying oh I wouldn't drop Sims it's going to ruin his confidence and I just thought well that's not the case because Godden, as we all know, I've not, I've, I've said to get rid of Godden. I'll happily admit that. I don't know. I'm, I'm pleased he's doing really well. I'm pleased he's finding the net. I do like the guy. I think he's a really good finisher on his day. But we all know Godden will get injured at some point. <laughs> it's literally been Godden's story of his career. He will have a good run and then he will get injured. And we, we basically need to try and keep him fit. So by playing him every week or on a Tuesday, well, we don't Saturday, have any midweek example, games until after the international break. Which yeah, so for, you know it's total contrast to last season where we had to fit every fixture in because of the pitch and the World Cup. Insane, so we've got we've got space to you know give people rest. You know there is there is going to be opportunity for that. Um, I'm glad you brought up about Sakamoto really because I don't think he's a wing back personally. I think he can yeah. play there. Yeah, I do. I think it's but more he's of not. That's not his got. position. Milan Van Van Ivak, however you say his name, is our wing back. There's yeah. a reason we spent four million or whatever it is on him. And Robbins has said in his pre-match interview, didn't he? He said the reason we bought in Tats, I'm going to nickname him, is because he's very versatile. He can play on either wing back, so he can play right or left because he can cut in on either feet. And he can play as a 10. So it's a versatile type of player. He can play in multiple positions. So we're not just going to see him as, oh, he's going to play wing back every week. I actually think he's going to be better with two 10s. Yeah. With one off front. O'Hare and Palmer or Sakamoto and Palmer will be yeah. a nice combination. Or even, or even Sakamoto and O'Hare. I'd just like to see the intricacy and the, the, the passing ability between um, the both of them. One thing they both say, isn't it? Well, Robbins has said in some of the players is he's very technically good. He's a very like technical, he's like a technical magician type of player. And we can see that from those, the fake shots, although they're not the fanciest things he's probably got in his in his book. You know he's got skill, the way he just literally faints past someone. So Well, Dave, you add in Hadji Wright's runs as well. You yeah, know, those two in those passing and the, the moves through 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 the lines, it could be, you know, a, a real catalyst for success. Those players will help Sims, in my opinion, as well, because they can do all the intricate work and Sims just needs to stand in the box and just get past the ball and he's gonna poach it and, and score. That's his job. He's looking like right in terms of we've not bought Ellis Sims to be running into channels. We've bought him in to be able to hold up the ball because he's a big, strong boy and to put the ball in the net. And I think once he gets one, he'll have a lot of confidence. And to be honest, I can see that happening this weekend. So fingers crossed for him. Your thoughts on on, on that, Dave? I'm not sure. Yeah, Sakamoto is not defensive enough for me. So I don't think he's ever going to be an out and out sort of wing back. He wasn't um, even defensive enough yesterday in the 10 role, I thought. I don't think he yeah, tracked back enough even there. Exactly. Um, so I think, but I agree, O'Hare and Tats together with one up top. And you're, you're absolutely bang on about right. He makes some really intelligent runs. Seeing him play at Wimbledon, like close to the pitch up front, you could see him making those runs and you could see that he was going to start doing that all season. We've just got to find his feet. And 
you know, that's why I'm probably critical of people like Palmer and Tats because they're the only ones that are going to be able to link that play up, I guess. And that's what we need to see. But um, yeah. Well, talking of linking up, um, the first goal, Matty Godden, you've mentioned him already. Um, this was a brilliant goal. Great play from the back to the front. Very patient, worked it well. And we went backwards as well. You can work it through the lines. And we did it so well here. The front three all involved, Tats into, into right. Right layoff. Was it a layoff? I think it was a miscontrol, really, but it's foul to Godden, Dave, and he's he's put it away. Yeah, and like Godden from that range is pretty lethal, you know, to be honest. Um, great and the strike. aeroplane back in service? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the aeroplane's been dusted off. It's glad, I'm glad to see the, uh, you know, the old silence is uh, celebration relegated, hopefully to, to not be seen again this season because, uh, yeah, but Godden's such a great finisher of the ball. Um, right place, right time, isn't it? He's always sort of hovering around those little pockets inside the box and great strike, kept it low, done everything he had to do and was is the man that got the goal again. He's in the right place at the right time and it's no, you know, it's no mystery or coincidence that he's in, in that sort of um, role. He just knows where balls fall and he, he's always active and looking for it. It's no less than what we deserved at that point as well, I thought. I thought we were the, the team with the sort of the ascendancy at that point and you know, the only thing missing was a goal really and we and we got that. Absolutely. We looked um I thought we looked very in control, to be honest. I, I was really impressed with us. Um, you know, they've just come off the back of a three nil loss, I think it was. Um and you know, going away from home, we've set up sometimes a bit negatively, one up top in, in, in the previous seasons quite defensively, but we took the game to them. We controlled it. We were the ones, like you say, that were making the, the sort of, you know, the, the creating the best chances, keeping the ball well. And it wasn't, yeah, we deserved, we deserved that goal. Um, and just, yeah, just a shame, wasn't it? That not long after that, uh, I'm sure what you're, you're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the goal in a second, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as sort of like how we dominated because 60% possession versus Swansea. You know, not many teams will go to that stadium this season and come away with 60%. And I know it's a different Swansea side this year under Duff, but that's still impressive to me. You know, that shows that real change in style, reverting to that possession-based style of play is working really well. And the space that the wing-backs found yesterday was was the epitome of that. It was like open season, really, for Van Avak and, and De Silva. We're going to have to play like that. Um, we've lost that sort of... 60 bar 60 yard pass right from from Hamer we're gonna have to play through teams um and we keep saying Callow hair Callow hair and once he does come back he'll fit so, straight well, he, rather, into this you know play the klaxon because he's back on the grass with a football from what I yeah. saw today so yeah. that's encouraging signs exactly um once he gets back um it's going to be great I think look we're playing football again. It's if I keep saying it, but it feels like that League One football where we used to play through teams in that box formation. Champagne football. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, <laughs> absolute Robins. Well, ball. probably not so, champagne in, in League One. More sort of like you know wispy Bucks U- fizz. UK prosecco, <laughs> warm as well. Carver. <laughs> Dean, you don't even know what Carver is, do you? No. So used to these these golf events. I go I go big time, Dave. Only only drink the good stuff. No way. Thank you. <laughs> uh yeah what, what was he talking about just the fact that, oh yeah great you know, football great football yeah great football and and i think that's what we'll need this season massively because we're not going to be able to break you know on the break teams by spraying these passes she's got a good passing in but not not the same sort of uh hamer-esque balls right so we're going to need to 
to keep the ball. 60% possession, like you say, against Swansea, well-drilled team. They're not going to be as bad as they could, they were last season. Um, I think they, they already look much better organised. I know they lost the week before, but I think they're going to you know, be half-decent. And yeah, I thought it was a really good opening performance. Comparing benches as well, they've got a brilliant squad, haven't they? Ross, Swansea. They should be, you know, doing much better than, you know, what people expect of them this year. You'd have to Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was surprised we went there and, and got on the ball. I know we're obviously trying to do that, but I mean, obviously, they know, Russell Martin's a very unique style of player. As you can see what he's trying to do at Southampton now. Obviously, he's got a lot more st- better standard calibre of players to do it with, but he's always tried to play a specific way from the days of MK Dons to then Swansea and now at Southampton. So I think even um, Latty said that in the week, didn't he? He said it's a very unique style that not Gosh. not really anyone... Oh, nicknames here. We've got Latty, we've got Tats. I don't, I, don't want to, I, I don't even want to try and pronounce his name. That's about, <laughs> Latty, Latty Baudet, is that how you say it? Latty Baudet, yeah. Last the one, Latty Birdie, yeah. So, yeah. Yours sounds like some sort of chocolate I'd pick up at the airport with <laughs> spare euros. No, but it'd be a knock, knockoff from Audi, that. That's yeah, in the, in, the, in the Mallorcan or Spanish airport, you, oh, could I get a bar of Latty Birdie air, please? <laughs> um, I think it sounds yeah. more French to me, Latty Birdie air, doesn't it? It's got a twang to it, hasn't it? Definitely. Definitely got a little twang to it, but... Not, yeah, not for you. It's just Latty. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just stick to Latty and Tats. I think I'm not I'm not the manager. I was giving one or two syllables <laughs> more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, he said in the week, didn't he? He said that they play differently. But I I watched Barnsley a bit last year. I remember I watched them the playoff final as well. And they play football. But they do also go direct, which is why I think they've obviously gone with with two up front, whereas it used to be kind of just Piro up front on his own a little bit more last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, with a midfield of Patino, Grimes and, and Fulton, you'd, you'd expect them to be on the ball quite a lot. And obviously we know how good Matt Grimes is. Um, I've spoke about Patino before. He's a very highly rated player and Jay Fulton's not a bad player at this level. So to go there and actually dominate the ball as much as we did, shows obviously what we're trying to we're trying to do this year um and obviously fair play to Eccles I mean he's he's not he's not Hamer's level but he's he's doing a job in there at the moment and he's obviously I think what Robbins likes about him is he's he's got a bit of balls about him hasn't he He will try and get on the ball and find it in tight positions he doesn't just kind of stand there and expect Ben Sheaf to always get on it I think when I've watched him especially at Middlesbrough he was always trying to get on the ball and make things happen and play out from the back which is why I think Robbins does like him in there. It's a really good point that because you can't really afford to have too many safe players. You know, like we saw that when Kelly come on, you know, I know he's, he's a defensive minded player. It's totally different, but he plays very safe balls, right? Um, You wouldn't find Kelly trying to get on the half turn and play out from the back. Whereas Josh Eccles will happily say to fads, give me the ball on the half turn and let's try and play. So that's, that's the difference. And Kelly could be the safe option, but I think Robbins knows the, Kelly is more of just someone to to bring on or stand in if needs be, and he's not really going to be a starter. Whereas I think Eccles is doing is doing quite well at the moment. So yeah, obviously I, I apart, expect apart from taking corners, do not let that man near a cor- corner flag ever again. We're struggling, aren't we? A little bit. Casey Palmer took some absolutely lethal uh, corners, didn't he? When he when he was playing, but we were struggling this weekend with that. I'm not sure why Jay De Silva doesn't take him. He's got a really good dead ball delivery. It's very. He took one, didn't he? Towards the end, did he? No. I think he took the last one. 
According to Cop Twitter, we may as well not play the silver because he's rubbish, apparently. Apparently, Bid, he's no better than Bidwell, and we should just go back to Bidwell and, and not play the silver there well, anymore. Well, let's, let's, no. the, let's talk about their goal then because, you know, the fingers have been pointed at Jay De Silva. And for me, perhaps rightly so, because I think he's a little bit too tight to his man, too far out the pitch. There's no need to be that tight where you are. And he just gets turned, ball in behind. And, and Yates, I mean, does... Does he miss the ball with his head? It looks like it comes off his shoulder and sort of loops in in slow motion. I think Fad should have been a bit tighter to him as well. I'm watching it as well. I don't think Fad was. Yeah. Too... I've seen that on Twitter it's, a it's lot. It's the gamble, but... though, isn't it, for Fads? You know, does he go with a man or try and cover the space? And, you know, I what think do the you thing do? is with the silver as well. You've got to remember, he's played in a back four for a lot of time now. So it's going to take him a bit of a while to get used to the wing back role. And it's only really his third league game that he's played for us isn't it really do you know what i mean so it's yeah. gonna it's gonna take him he's not gonna be at the level that we want him to be within three games of playing the more he gets used to playing and the more he's in that position the quicker he's going to adapt to it a classic example was norton coffee like remember coffee when he first signed to us he was all over the place wasn't he but then within three months of him being with us he you could tell that he learned that positioning and where we expect him to be vice versa with de silva there's a reason that loads of teams wanted de silva in this league before we did it's because he's a good player at this level he's a good wing back and when we played Bristol City for years, I've always said I like that to Silver. He's a really good player. And over time, he's only going to get better. So to, for people to be writing him off already, I think is crazy. Because I think that's caught to it in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. It, the but he was, was at fault, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fault. You can point fingers. That's fine. But that's yeah. like one mistake he's made. I mean, yeah, for, of course. For, in, in four games and... You know, for a guy who's five foot fuck all, he he wins a lot of headers, doesn't he? Jesus yeah, he Christ. Wins a lot. I mean, we if we're going we're going that far, Bobby Thomas was at fault for the Leicester goal when we conceded to Kieran Drewsby Hall. Gave the ball away and then didn't mark his man in the box. He's, so he's, he's a Bobby... second coming of Christ, according to Twitter. Yeah, yeah so is, <laughs> is Bobby Thomas now a bad player because he gave a goal away? He's not, is he? It's just people I saw him like... earlier on turning lo- fishes and loaves <laughs> into. <laughs> yeah, it's just people's opinions are just crazy. Like, don't be wrong, I'm, I've, I've been one to be negative, but after three games of writing someone off, I won't be judging this team till November time once they've had a good few months together and the window closes. This at the minute, we're really just finding our feet. So the fact we're playing this well after a couple of games and they've not really got to know each other is only positive signs to me. And I think every team we've played so far, Leicester, Borough and Swansea, all their fans on Twitter said they'll be a really good side this year and they'll be up there. So to have that after three games, and especially someone like Leicester who have £100 million sat on their benches, says everything I need to know, to be honest. And I trust our manager that's took us from League Two to the Championship and within a kick away of the Premier League more than I do someone on Twitter to, to judge that right. <laughs> One thing we can all agree on is how bad... Robert Madley was as the man in the middle yesterday. I mean, I hate to bring up the officials three games into the league season, but that that was just a pathetic performance. And that was for both sides. We got away with stuff. Swansea got away with a hell of a lot more. I mean, Sakamoto could probably put on a few claims for GBH yesterday. It was absolutely pathetic, some of the challenges yeah. on him. And then that then that one that, yeah, the one that he absolutely took him out. And then it was like, well, it's either a foul or, or a, a corner. corner. <laughs> like, so I'd choose one. Not, and not a goal kick. It's absolutely, it's just, mate, I, I know we talk about officials a lot and I don't really know the answer other than, you know, bringing in some kind of technical assistance. Ro- but then robots. You, but Robot. then you look, at, you look at VAR in the Premier League and it's an absolute mess. So, you know, is it just one thing we've got to live with? But you think with all the money in the game, you can't you can't really just carry on the way it is. I mean, that second half yesterday, it was so poor, in all honesty. It was a total contrast to the first half. 
And I think it was all down to the officiating. There was no flow to it at all. You let so much stuff get away. Yeah. We built so much ascendancy in that we, we had four corners in a row. They come to nothing, but he was just dying. He was desperate to give a foul for something. And he gave a foul for the the smallest little thing. It in the just... world of chat GPT, AI, robots, let's get a couple of them in. The Premier League must be working on something that's going to filter into us. And we'll just get a couple of like bicentimal man just running around in the middle <laughs> like of the iRobot. iRobot. <laughs> and then they come to take over the world. Then Will Smith's got to come in to save the day. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what the answer is, but it is, it is poor. Um, but I don't know, it's tough, isn't it? It it's, is, yeah. It's, it's not. Um, it's not an easy job. But we we get that, but there's you know it's, it's chalk and cheese. Some of the the actual decisions to make, right? They don't get much help from their um, assistants either. They they never want to make a decision. They all you know they're, they're stood right next to throw-ins and stuff, and often look at the, the, wrong the way. referee to make a decision. Then they put their flag up. You think, yeah, you know, yeah. But... yeah. I mean, and also we talked about the bench earlier. I mean, that second half was sort of crying out for a spark, wasn't it? And that's where you start to miss the likes of Gus, who can create something out, out of nothing, a game that's just really there for the taking, Ross. I mean, you you mentioned the bench, just a massive hole really there in terms of a game changer, especially the top end. Yeah, of the I pitch. think I think obviously that's the difference when you start, <laughs> you start right and you start Sakamoto. If it doesn't work with them at the minute, we've got no impact, whereas the middle of the game is very vice versa. We started well without them and then we bought them on and they made an impact straight away. I think that's, that's obviously the... The, the sticky side of what Robbins is obviously going to look at at the moment is like, right, okay, so if we're winning a game without them and then we bring them on, we know they'll change the game instantly. But if they start and nothing's happening, then what do I do? And it's like, well, he had Binks, Bidwell, Collins, um, and who else was on the bench? I can't remember, but then it was like four youngsters. Kelly like, and four kids, yeah. Yeah, and then it was Ket and not, but those, those four players that are good level are all defensive players, every single one of them. So in terms of attacking the game, we're looking at Brad Stretton, um, Ryan Howley, the the other tall boys, it just in Nawabiku or whatever you say his name. And then... And then... You've not got a nickname for him yet? <laughs> are we? <laughs> we'll call him Owie, but yeah, it's just like you know, in that situation, realistically, if you had Alan O'Hare and even someone like Tavares to bring off the bench, they impact the game a little bit differently to what those four younger guys do. And then obviously, you include them three or four signings that we get that are probably going to be that a midfielder, say another striker or something. You, it makes a total difference to the game, doesn't it? And you, you can impact the game completely. Obviously, Sims as well was on the bench, but in terms of the the rest of it, we didn't really we didn't really have anyone bar Sims that we could bring on, and it it does make a, a massive difference if you can make two or three substitutions rather than one and go a different way about how you play and make tactical changes in game. Like Robin said, I think they will change formation in game. But as you mentioned earlier on, Dean, they have the bench to do it. Currently at the minute, we have a good start in 11, but in terms of actually impacting the game attacking-wise, we don't have anyone defensively. That has been, that has been the way, though, for Coventry City teams for you know a good three or four years. Defensively, we're fine. If we need yeah. to bring on someone that we can to shore up a game, perfect. But in terms of impacting a game and actually bringing someone on, if I'm the away team or I'm the away manager and you're just seeing four youngsters, you're thinking, well, if we see them out today, they've not really got anyone bar Sims who they can bring on to affect the game. And I think that's the key element over the next couple of weeks of getting these four players that he wants in and spending that 15, 17 million, whatever it may be, and allocating it so that we're making sure that those four areas and obviously then O'Hare, Allen and 
etc to come back that will make a massive difference in other games and we can then bring them off the bench so yeah have, have we heard anything more about the Jamie Allen situation other than he's just ages away it's I just think he well he had a heart problem didn't he and mm. it's not been really anything, is there? I think what from what Robbins has said, you can't, you know, with an injury like an ACL, you can kind of put time on it, really, can't you? And say, well, this is when they're going to be back. But I think with him, it all just depends on what his tests are saying, and they have to go day by day. Because like Robin said, it is his genuine, this is his health at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, it's, it's concerning, really, isn't it? Yeah, he's a professional footballer. But if, if if I had a heart problem, I would want someone to can be concerned about me and not just go, yeah, you're all right, mate. You know what I mean? Go and run around for 90 minutes and <laughs> be out of breath when you've just been in been in hospital on in, in a pretty awful condition with, with, with a heart issue. So Jesus, yeah. don't let the anti-vaxxers know what's going on. Anyway, um, a point away from home, Dave, in the champs. Decent return, isn't it? I mean, you would take that. If, you know, in the morning of the game, if you said we'd come away for, from Swansea with a point, you'd have taken it. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, I think Robin's felt the same, that we, we pro- once we got in front, had we have just sat that out and controlled it, I think we would have had more and more chances as they would have had to have, you know, put more men men forward, you know, as the game went on, if they were 1-0 down. So, it's a big shame, really, because we were in complete control when we went one nil ahead. Um, and then it was just like almost instantly you conceded and then you're starting again. You're sort of already saying, right, well, now we'll get back to that sort of football where we'll keep the ball. We'll try and create a chance. If one comes around, great. And we'll we'll try and nick it. But you're not going all out. And that sounds strange, but it's back to, back to a draw again, right? And you, you're sort of a bit more cagey. Whereas if we had been you know, one nil up and they were pushing men forward towards sort of 60, 70 minutes, there would have been a lot of more chances, I think, um, and a lot more space for for Wright and, and you know, Sims when he came on to to run into. So, yeah, it, one that I think we could have won, but as you say, if you took it in the, in the start of the day, you would have took a draw um, away at Swansea and, and move on. Right then, man of the matches. Um, let's start with you, Ross, for your man of the match from, from this game. Um, it's quite a difficult one to be honest. When, whenever, I, whenever it's a draw, I can I, I always kind of think it's quite it's quite hard to pick out an individual to to give man of the match to. Um, I'll probably give it to Godden to be fair. Obviously, he got a goal again, didn't he? He's in a bit of form at the moment. He is he is playing quite well. I will give it to him. He does look a lot sharper this year as well. He's probably the sharpest Godden that I've seen really since the League One days slash first season of the championship when he was starting up from for us. He's not really been, he's always had injury problems ever since and he does look quite fit. So I'll give it to Goddard. He alluded to that in uh, his text to, to Wardy's football, ooh, football friend um, football before friend. the season started. It was, it was the, the best he's ever felt going into a year. So, you know, we're, we're reaping the rewards of that at the moment. So hopefully Matty can keep it going. Dave, you want another match? Yeah, it's hard not to give it to the goal scorer when it's a draw, I think, because there was no, there was a few, but there was not like any sort of standout performances. But Sheaf had a great game again, very solid. Eccles, I think, was brilliant. Um, and I thought the two, you know, two front men were, were great. I thought Wright was, was perfect. I worry for Sims in a way that I thought he was a bit of a hold-up player. And actually Wright seems to be holding the ball up um, or flicking it on as being that sort of, front man just as well as Sims does, but probably offers a little bit more in behind as well. So he's a bit more of a complete player, really, um, and probably a more natural fit for Godden. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a tricky one for for Sims. So, But, yeah, Godden, um, special mentions to the other lads. 
You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right then, a week on Tuesday, the Meet the Players night is back at the Skyview Tavern. I'll be there. Ross will be there. Ross Cooper, that is, not Ross Spence. And we'll be joined by none other than Liam Kelly, the skipper of the Sky Blues, and Hadji Wright as well. Tickets have unfortunately sold out but hopefully we'll bring you some of the best bits from the evening uh on the following week's podcast uh but dave that should be a good night you know two two nice guys one one the probably the oldest servant player and one the newest member of the of the team as well yeah um i think it's good you know good to get um hadji right into a supporters sort of environment i guess like um as soon as he sort of through the door i think that'd be good good for good for him and obviously great for the fans to be able to meet him and meet and greets and all of that his song That's is going to go absolutely ballistic in that tavern I it is just, i yeah. can't wait for it no it's going to be a fantastic event like all of the events down there have been brilliant um such a great backdrop with all of the memorabilia and all of that stuff i think it's it's brilliant so yeah it's um going to be another good night sold out very very quickly again i guess a bit of a word of warning for future ones that if you're thinking about joining you know any of the future ones this season there's there's loads more planned that you know it's sort of things on buzzers time right you've got to get those notifications on get the skyroof extra but it's true you know you want you want as many people to join as possible but there's only so many seats and it's sold out in well under an hour again it was really quick again wasn't it so um yeah and also probably a good thing to to say is that in a change to last year under 18s can yes. come to these events now as long as they're with an adult because last year yeah. it wasn't allowed you know that was that was the policy of the tavern and they've yeah. changed it which is great you mentioned that getting the young younger fans more involved great yeah. opportunity to meet the skipper and and you know hopefully the newest the newest hero as well in Haji. yeah exactly um and just on that point we're talking about events at the tavern um Recently this week, I caught up with Terry Gibson. Um, the Marksman. To talk about the Marksman. The Marksman, Terry Gibson. yeah, exactly. To talk about um, some special events that he's doing, obviously also at the, the Tavern. Um, it's 40 years since that memorable hat-trick against Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I spoke to him this week and this is what he had to say. I am joined with Terry Gibson, uh, 
the scorer obviously of that memorable hat trick and is actually why Terry has joined us on the Sky Blues Extra podcast today to talk a little bit like that. But Terry, how, how's how's everything been with you first? All good? Yes, very well, thank you. Yeah, no, glad the football season's up and running again. So my weekly trips to Spain, out to Barcelona to work for La Liga have recommenced and yeah, back to work. So it's uh, a long summer and uh, like most people, miss football. Yeah, exactly. And um, we obviously had you on the Sky Blues Extra podcast a little while back now, quite a long time, but we had a really good reception to that podcast. Um, I think it was great because it was so many stories from yesteryear. We we heard obviously about the late, great Cyril Regis and, and some other the players that you, you, you know, played with at that time. Um, and we've obviously seen recently on social media that you're kicking off some events um, of your own uh, to sort of relive some of those memories again. Yeah, it, it's, it came about, it's, it's something I've done for other people in the past. I've guested on Tottenham Hotspur evenings with Ozzy Ardelis and Steve Perriman and people like that, and they do a lot of them. And I've guested on Spanish evenings with, where yeah. we talk about La Liga and Spanish football. And never really thought about doing one just based around something that happened in my career. But this year, it's, it's 40 years. It's flown by. Exactly. So I've brought 4-0, Liverpool, 4-0. And I, I wasn't considering it until I came up for the recent Legends Day, which was the yeah. first time I'd been able to attend. Yeah, and was blown blown away, really, really blown away by the the, the affection from the, the supporters. It's a long time ago, and you think you're a distant memory, and people don't remember it. I often see with the social media now, you know, it's more prevalent every year on December the tenth. Someone does yeah. tweet it, and yeah. people do talk about it. And I'm it gives much more I, access, doesn't it, social media now for people to interact with with, with players like yourself. Um, whereas, like exactly. you say, a lot of it was sort of not relegated to the archives, but you'd have to go and find it on YouTube or something like that. But with social media, there's so much more conversation around these these big talking points. And not many people score a hat-trick against Liverpool. So. <laughs> no, and, and, and the, the reason behind it is not just the hat-trick, it's the stories behind the game as well. And and about six months ago, I, I, I knew I had it, but I, it was buried in the back of a trunk in the back of the garage, the match ball. And dug it, dug it out, and it was all folded in half. And I thought, there's no hope for this. Pumped it up, and it stayed. It still stayed pumped up. The autographs are still there. It's now in a case. And I just thought, oh, you know, it, it was a special moment in my career. I'm thankful that people remember it. And when I came back up for the Legends Day, yeah. People were asking me to sign the, the fo- uh, programs. Yeah. People kept young, well, people were in their 40s now. At the time, for children yeah. still had replica shirts, children's sizes that they kept all these years. And I signed three or four of those. Amazing. And, and I was just blown away by how much it meant to people that over there at that time, supporting Coventry, were at the game that day. And I just thought, you know what, it's something yeah, that I'm proud of that happened in my football career and why not share some fun evenings with people that were at the game or know about the game and and you bring the match ball along it's not one of those events where people have to pay for extra for a ticket to have an autograph or a picture yeah. of the ball the ball yeah. will be there it'll be thrown about people can have a picture done with it and, you know it's so uh, it's i want to share the, the the memories that we had and it's the story behind that that team as well we had nine new players that in yeah. that team yeah. That day. And a manager, Bobby Gould, and I think it was only a couple of the 11 that had played two or three had played against Liverpool before. 
Yeah, and the way the season went after that as well was bonkers. I looked up, I've done some analysis on it, sort of putting my pundit hat on. Great. And the the run we had towards the end in the second half of the season after this new group of players coming together and doing so well, they completely falling apart and the reasons behind it and having to win and in typical commentary fashion, the last game of the season to stay up. So the whole thing was, was the whole season was weird and so many stories about there was loads of us I think it was 11 of us at one time standing in the same hotel because we'd all <laughs> been new signings and you know stories like that people like Sam Allardyce turning up out of the blue and, and where you know so we've all got a different story and a different journey the plan is to have four evenings with four different guests okay and and we've all got different stories about you know how we ended up at Coventry in, in that particular game so Nikki Platner is the first one I specifically chose someone who Scored the other goal. Of course. He's making, he is making an outlandish claim about the, the goal and the game, which people will find out in the evening. Great. And someone that like Nicky who hasn't been around the club for a long, long time. Of course. I asked him when the last time he went there, and he said it was to see the Arctic Monkeys many years ago. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen seen pictures of him. He, he, the blonde hair has, has disappeared like most of our hair has. But he's it'd be you know interesting to hear and having a chat on the phone with him. His his story of how he came to you know to be playing against Liverpool. We were lucky; it was on match of the day. It was everything just came together in the, in that one Absolutely. match. And you know, a club like Coventry, they, they we have to go through a lot of suffering to have the high moments, and and that's why you know it's not Man City, it's not Chelsea, Man United, yeah. or Arsenal, or Chelsea yeah. where they're winning trophies all the time. We you know, obviously the FA Cup final is, is the, the pinnacle of being a Coventry fan, but you pick and choose those other moments. Peter Rundov's hat trick, Mickey Quinn's hat trick against Arsenal. Yeah. You have the, you know, the survival battles against relegation that you yeah. that stand in the memory. So it's not like one of those clubs where, you know, you've got loads of trophies that all get jumped, the seasons get jumbled up. These special moments happen, happen you know, every so often. Not often enough, of course, but you know it's forty years, and and you know people keep talking to me about it. It's, it's lovely to have that that memory that you've left with a lot of people. Yeah, and, and you know the, the idea, yeah, the idea is to, to come up and have fun, and and hopefully at the Sky Blue Tavern it is it is the perfect place. It really is the memorabilia that's all around there, a collaboration between the club and the brewery, and of course. why not? You know, people know where it is, and and yeah. you know, hopefully we we can get along and. People, you know, I've got three other dates penciled in, but it all depends on the first one. Okay, Hopefully and the first one is well. scheduled for, um, just remind us, Terry, and how people can book tickets, obviously, for the event. I'm sure they can all follow you, first of all, on socials, if they don't already, to, to keep updated with what's happening. But just remind us of that date and, and perhaps how people can book, or nearer the time, how they'll be able to book. Yeah, the first one is September the 13th, so not that far away, so... And that's with Nikki Platner and Brian Roberts. I'm not going to say unlucky Harry for Roberts. some. Terry. <laughs> no, <laughs> what, I've, what, what I've done with penciling in these dates, if they work, great. We'll move on to the next one. Yeah, brilliant. Would, would, be, would be Bobby Gould. Yeah. So he can tell us where he found all these players, Stuart Pearce, and playing for Wilson next minute, playing for Liverpool, against Liverpool. And if it goes well, then we, we'll, we'll do you know three or four of them. More. So yeah, Bobby Gould is penciled in as the second one. But Nikki Platner, I thought, would be great. And Brian Roberts is going to be the host. Oh, and nice. Harry, Harry played in that game as well. Of course. He was one of the two players that was already at the club. So you can imagine his story where we're only in December and he's got nine new teammates and a new manager. 
yeah. and all his mates have left the club. There's not yeah. many left behind. So that's a different story to hear from, from Harry as well. So Harry's going to be the host. And, you know, tickets can be got from my website. That's where okay. the place Brilliant. to get them, which is terrygibbo.com. So Fantastic. Quite, nice and easy. Quite straightforward. Yep, yeah, quite straightforward. So September the 13th is the first one. I, I'm looking forward to it. And I just hope there's enough people to, to make it a, a, a fun evening. Absolutely. So, so, fingers crossed. Well, the, the, one of these things where, you know, ones I've done in the past for other people, someone else has done all the organising and paid people and stuff like that. And now it's it's uh, now I've chosen to do it. So hopefully the first one's a success and then we'll put on the rest. So Mickey, Mickey, Jean and Dave Bennett have, have penciled in as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Agreed to get, get involved in, in the later ones. So Ginny's got so many. Probably people don't know the type of personality Ginny was. He was You told us, you know, yeah, before, and I'm yeah, sure actually on the night hearing that would be absolutely fantastic because you did the, say he was a proper joker. It's the driest sense of humour I've ever known on anyone, let alone a teammate. Yeah. And he completely had us fooled for so many months on what type of personality he was. But, I mean, even, even that story, Ginny turned up at Watford on the first day of the season for pre-match yeah. meal as a new player and and played and had an unbelievable game and we won and that kind of sums up that season that players yeah. were coming and going and the new manager and just the, the whole carnage around it and where we ended up by Christmas and then we had to hang on for dear life at the end of the season and we got beat 5-0 by Liverpool in the second leg and near Rush got four so they went one better than us and of course they won the league the league cup yeah. and the European cup so yeah, it makes that, that, the hat trick and, and the four nil, you know, a, a, a big story. So it, I, I promise it will be a fun night because I'm looking forward to catching up with Brian Roberts, Harry Roberts again, yeah, and Nicky Platner. Yeah, and and Nicky Platner's a fun personality as well, and we've you know lots of funny things we can talk about and serious things as well about, of course, you know how Nicky ended up from Bristol Rovers because of his relationship with Bobby Gould. Yeah, and ne- next minute he's scoring a, a wonderful diving header against Liverpool. Ah, it, it does set it does set the scene to be uh, an absolutely amazing night. It's a game that I constantly speak to my dad about, and it's one that we both, you know, bond over at times. We've all watched the YouTube clips, um, and yeah. we'll be there on the night. We'll we'll be looking forward to to hearing the stories from yourself, um, and obviously Perfect. Mickey. And um, yeah, we just obviously want as many Sky Blues fans to get down there as possible. The tavern, like um, Terry said, is. Really, really accessible, really easy to get to, and just a perfect backdrop, really, for such a fun, you know, start kickoff of, of events. And, and we're really looking forward to it. And we're really grateful for you to come in on the podcast and, you know, reaching out to to our other Sky Blues fans um, on, on this. And, and I'm sure they'll get behind it because it, it seems it's going to be an absolutely fantastic time, Terry. Thank you so Thank much you. for, for coming you. on and, and introducing that. And um, we look forward to seeing you in September. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Oh, Dave, that was so good to hear from Terry. What a legend. Um, I'm sure the stories are going to be incredible. Uh, so, yeah, Skybrew Army, make sure you keep your eye out for those evenings at the Tavern with Terry um, coming soon. So, uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for those. So, normally we'd look ahead to the next game at this point, which is Sunderland on Saturday. But starting this season, we're going to bring you a bonus episode. One that's closer to the game which is going to be the preview episode, a bit shorter episode, but hopefully it'll get you more in the mood as we head towards that big game on Saturday. Now, obviously, we have a midweek game. Might not work the same way. So, again, make sure you've got notifications on on Skyby's Extra Twitter and you know keep your, your podcast list updated and, and subscribe as well because that's the easiest way 
to get the next episode of this podcast. Chaps, anything else to add before we wrap it up? No, I think you're all good. Um, just, yeah, looking forward to having those preview pods uh, a little bit later in the week, a little bit closer towards the game. So they're just, like you say, a little bit more on the on the, on the the button. Um, and also trying to get some opposing fans' views, which is always handy, um, and get them talking about the squad. They obviously know much more than us about how their, their teams are going and how they're faring. So should get some good insight from them as well. Ross, anything you want to add? Any any last remarks for this evening? No, mate. Like I said, it's uh, it's been a, been a good pod, and yeah, nothing really to add. To be honest, it's pretty much gone over everything, haven't we? So yeah, nothing to add, mate. Nice one. Well, let's wrap it up there. A uh, big thank you to you both for joining me this evening. A big thank you as well to the guys and girls at the Skyby Tavern and Dillonsbury for for their continued support. We'll see you on Thursday for our brand new preview. But in the meantime, keep across all our socials. Just search Sky Blues Extra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.